You know, I'll have people that come up to me after a talk or, you know, we'll do it. We're doing the question and the answer portion of it. And I always, always get the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. I always get that question because, you know, here I'm giving these messages and all I can tell them is I don't know why bad things happen to people. I can tell you based on my experience, what I learned and that we come here on a soul mission, a soul contract to learn. You know, we're here to love and we're here to learn lessons to evolve, to ascend our soul. Yeah. And that's all I can say. And you know, if I can plant the seed in somebody's mind and they can take those messages and they can sit with them and think about them. And if it helps them later on, then I feel like I've done something good. You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to 2019 and another show on Accentuate the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be back for the new year. Some of you, it won't be the new year because you'll be listening to this maybe way down the track or watching this way down the track, but it's our first show for the new year and we have a profound, profound messages for you which I think that you can take into this year and into the rest of your life from Heidi Craig who had an amazing NDE. Welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so grateful that you've allowed me to come on your show and speak. Thank you so much, Karen. Heidi's uh, story has been documented by Anthony Chen. Is it, how, does, how do you say his last name? Chenny. Chenny, who does beautiful work. So go over to his station on YouTube. I think he doesn't do iTunes because uh, he does a lot of visual with his work, which, oh, he doesn't actually speak. He just puts um, words up on the screen so I was thinking as I was watching it the other day I was thinking well this wouldn't translate into audio only podcast because you actually need to hear him ask you the questions but he just writes them but we're going to go more into Heidi's experience today and um, and the messages that she was given from the other side let me read you a little bit about Heidi Heidi Craig's near-death experience occurred on May 29th in 2004 after giving birth to her youngest son. While she was in the OR, her heart stopped and she woke up in heaven or what she likes to call home. Heidi says there are no words to express, truly express the feelings of love, joy, peace, warmth and contentment she experienced while in this place. While she was there, she received three messages, which were repeaters as if they had powerful significance for her and all souls who elect to have uh, a 3D physical experience. It's because of these messages that she wanted to share her story today and spread the messages of peace and love that she received. And I think we can all, we can all use these messages. I think we all need to repeat these messages over and over and over and over again until we really get it. Heidi's life wasn't all rainbows and joy after she came back from her NDE. She has experienced many challenges since her NDE, divorce, being laid off three times within a few years and financial hardship. 
At one point, she thought she may have to live out of her car. The gift of her NDE and the messages she received helped her get through those tough times and she no longer fears death and knows that, and knows that we are all one, we are all connected and that our souls live on. Heidi wrote a book of affirmations in December 2017 based on the NDE called Messages from Heaven, a little book of affirmations based on the truth of an NDE experience. Heidi's goal is to help at least one person. <laughs> I think you'll help maybe more than one person now. Uh, she lives in Solvang. How do you pronounce that? That was perfect. Great job. Was it? With her three yeah. loving, healthy and handsome sons. She works at Decker's as a credit analyst. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for people that haven't watched Anthony's interview with you, let's get into uh, a little bit of what happened. We won't go too, too much into the tragedy and the, the gory details because I kind of get a bit ah with the gory details on no, ND. They're, they're always so horrific, some of them. Well, not all of them, but some of them are so horrific. So you were giving birth and there were complications. What was happening? Uh, correct. Um, I, I have what is called retained placenta. So after you give birth, then you need to give birth to the placenta. And that's the sac that the baby's in, um, you know, while, while he or she's growing inside of you um, and gives them nourishment. So the placenta was not coming out. So the doctor made the decision to take me into the OR and surgically remove the placenta. And um, so it was in the OR. Um, um, you know, they put the oxygen mask over your face. The uh, anesthesiologist asked to, to count backwards from 100. And I started counting backwards. And when I woke up, I woke up in heaven. And I do, I like to call it home. Um, because that's, for me, and what I was shown is where we come from. And that's home. Um, and I woke up at home. Um, again, it's, it's hard to articulate. We really don't have the vocabulary, have the words to describe. Uh, the feeling of it, the beauty of it, the um, emotion of it. Um, so I'll do my best. Uh, you know, I've talked about this many times and it's still really hard for me to articulate how wonderfully, beautifully, breathtaking and stunning the experience was for me. Uh, and then also something that's important is time there doesn't exist as it does here. Um, so everything that was happening to me was happening simultaneously, but separately which is a really hard concept to try to grasp and understand. <laughs> so I, I woke up, it's really difficult. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to put it in a chronological order, um, you know, to make more sense of it. So I, I woke up and um, my first thought, and it was just very brief because I was flooded with all these, this, these feelings, all these emotions and, and instant knowing. Um, but, you know, I started thinking, where am I? And then, boom, I was flooded with all this information and I knew I was home and I knew I was safe. And the feeling of that love and that contentment and that peace was profound. It's like when you, when you find your center, you know, when you're breathing deeply and you find that center and you have that peace and you have that happiness and you have that contentment that kind of like you can exhale because you know you're safe and everything's going to be okay. That's how I felt a million times magnified. Yeah. Um, it was astounding. And it was in this beautiful light. And it was a, a warm, golden, white light, which, again, golden and white at the same time, 
it, it's hard to grasp that, but it's a color that we don't have here. That's the closest that I can get to it. And it was penetrating. It was going through my essence, through my soul. And um, around me, I was in the center. I was in a circle, and I was in the center of the circle. And there were all these divine beings around me. And I knew from their vibration, from their energy, from their essence. And they were outlines. Um, I could see outlines. But I really knew who they were, not really by physical sight, but from mm -hmm. that feeling, their, their soul. And I knew that they were angels. I knew that they were my loved ones. I knew Mother Mary was there, and Jesus was there, and God was there. And they were all there surrounding me. It was, yeah, loving me, I like supporting me. You know, they were, they were all, all there. And, um, like, when Mother Mary wanted me to fill her, you know, she would wrap her energy around me, you know, or, or you could think of it like she stepped forward. The same with Jesus, the same with God. Like, they would just wrap their energy around me. Even though we were all part of this energy, we're, we're all, so, the, so I was looking at them. And they had different vibrations and different colors. We all had different vibrations and different colors. Okay, this is, this is interesting. So, okay, so we're all part of the one source. Yes. But we all have difference, like same, same, but different. It's, you know, there's so many, um, what's the word that explains something that's the same but different? Uh, anyway. That oxygen, <laughs> that's a good question. Anyway, but, okay, but uh, so my guides have told me that you know, if we're in heaven, if we're all pure positive energy, what defines us as separate if we're all the same? And they've said to me, intention. So Mother Mary's intention or her color or her feeling was different to, say, Jesus. Did she or they uh, explain that or did, did you get an, um, a feeling of what that's like um no they didn't explain it because i had an instant knowing right i just knew i knew information that was a fact it was i just knew i had a knowing so um an example if i had a question i was asking questions and even before i could get the and nothing was spoken by uh, mouth it was all thought yeah um so i'd have a thought in my head and i would start a question and even before i could get that first syllable out it was yeah. answered I yeah. mean, just so quick and so fast yeah. um and as far as you know knowing that it was mother mary knowing that it was jesus it was their their essence their vibration their intention that's how i knew that it was them but plus the instant knowing so and when we go home so what color was mother mary so I honestly don't remember their specific right. colors. I don't even remember my specific color. I just right. knew that we had our own rate of vibration, our right. own colors, and then together they uh, weaved in and out of each other like a pattern. Right. And that pattern together made up the warm, golden, yellow, white light that we were a part of, which is God. Yeah. And so we are all connected. We are all one. And we all, and the vibration too, it's, you know, um, we, we're, we're tr always trying to evolve our souls mm. and we are, you, you know, you, you start at a different vibration and the way to, to evolve your soul is through learning experiences and through love. 
And when you learn something, you know, you're ascending a little bit higher, a little bit higher, a little bit higher. And so we're all in these different vibrations and frequencies. And it's like people you meet, some people you instantly like and you, you gel with and you know that they're part of your group, they're, they're mm. your people. Some people you meet and that it's just off. You know, you don't know even why you maybe don't like them, but you just don't gel and it's not there. Well, they're at a different vibration. We're all energy. We're all mm. vibration. I loved what you said. We're all different colors and together we weave in and out of each other and we create this one color which is that golden white light um oh that's beautiful so with everyone's soul plan there is an intention which maybe holds a vibrational frequency and a color and maybe even a sound all connected and together when we put us all together we we all become the one white golden light isn't we that do. beautiful and we all it's 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 so beautiful and we mm. all affect each other. Yeah. You know, we have to remember that we, we are one, we are connected and our thoughts and our actions affect people. Mm. You're angry and you look at somebody and you, you know, you give them a dirty look or you think something, something negative about them. They can feel that you may, you may not have said it out loud to them, but Absolutely. they can feel that and that can affect the rest of their day. Mm. We're all interconnected. You know, every little action we do, every thought, every word affects so many things around us. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that we need to actually start loving each other and caring for each other and being there for each other, mm. you know. And it's hard. You know, we're in this, this 3D heavy world, this existence, and we've mm. kind of forgotten about where we're from and who we are and what we're about, which is love. It's all about survival. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of greed and there's a lot of power control and there's a lot of things, you know, we've kind of moved away from the light and with light, there's dark, you know, and for a while there, we're, we're going into that dark, but I feel like people are now starting to wake up mm. and we're starting to see that, you know, no, we can question things and maybe what we've been learning and, and what's been be fed to us is not correct and we mm. need to question it and we need to wake up and we need to be good to each other. It's about love. We do. So this experience, when you passed out in your physical 3D experience, you say you woke up. So you didn't experience any traveling or any, you know, tunnels or it was just an instant one minute here, next minute there. Correct. And, yeah. and then just in this light surrounded by being some that you identified as angelic, some as relatives, some as teachers and masters. So is this environment just light, just light, like no structure or anything, just pure light? Um, no, there, there, there are. So <laughs> I was shown so much, but where, where I was taken, we were in this light. But then I was shown, you know, I was shown um, my past and everyone else's past. Um, so I could see, because so, they were drilling in when they were giving me these messages, they wanted me to really feel that impact of these messages that they were true and they were correct, that knowing, you know, that we're all interconnected, everything will be okay, um, everything's going to be all right, we are unconditionally loved. Those were the messages that I kept receiving over and over and over again. And I received so much information, I cannot remember it all. I still get, I know, downloads and I'll wake up with information. Yeah. Right? I said, when you said I can't remember it all, I said, 
is she going to remember it all? And then they said exactly what you just said. We're, we're giving it to her in downloads. Yeah, they, <laughs> Some writing for you to do. Yes. It's, so it's true. It's true. They, it comes in downloads and, and they give me bits and pieces at a time as I need them in my life as I'm going through challenges. And exactly. As I'm, struggles, as I'm doubting myself, as I'm letting myself go back to that unworthiness you know, not having yeah. that self-love, I'll, I'll receive more information, especially at the times when I'm really down and out. And we all go through those. Yeah. Times. You know, we all have challenges. We all have hard times. So, cause I know your life was not easy before this happened and we'll go into that a little bit. Um, the three messages, let's get into the three messages cause they are absolutely simply profound cause they're simple. And we all know it, right? We've all, watched a million NDEs or been on our spiritual journey. We've all heard it before. But when you truly, truly, truly live it, when you truly know that, everything changes. The first one, you are unconditionally loved. Yes, yes. And that, my, my point earlier to get back to that is that's what they really wanted me to come back with and remember. That was mm -hmm. the most important, these three messages. So I was getting a lot of information, but those were the three messages that, that they wanted me to come back with because the whole time during my experience, those messages kept going through my being. They just kept going through my being over and over and over again. Um, and there we're unconditionally loved. And it's so important because I feel like, and for me, um, there's been times in my life where I felt completely alone, like I've had no one or nobody and there was no one that was ever going to be able to help me. I felt that way. And I felt lost. I felt lost as a human being, you know, kind of just like floating like a leaf in the gutter. And, you know, for periods of my life, I've felt that way. And it's so important that we know that even if we do feel alone, we're actually not alone. Never. We are unconditionally loved. We mm -hmm. come from God or source or Gaia. People call it different things. I call it God. Um, we come from this beautiful, div divine, profound love. What we come from is love. That vibration is love that we're made up of, our essence, our soul. We forget that when we come into these bodies to have this experience on the earthly plane or any other dimensional plane. You forget you know, where you come from. There's reasons for that because we, do, we are here to experience and we are here to learn. But we really are here out of love and we are unconditionally loved. And it sounds like you said, so simple, but these messages are so profound because they yeah. are so simple. Yeah. yeah. So when we're going through our stress, when, you know, when our friends and family say, we don't like you anymore because we don't believe in what you believe in and you're crazy. And then they like move away from you when you feel alone or when like you lose your job or, <laughs> disease or your husband leaves or your wife leaves or stuff happens it's in those moments that you really really need to remember i'm unconditionally loved so if i'm unconditionally loved then this is happening for me and not to me so there's a purpose in this there's a even though i the ego i don't i don't want to be sick i don't want to be alone i don't want to be poor I don't want to feel uh, vilified or judged. The ego I feels alone. But if the truth is we are unconditionally loved, then what is the gift? 
here? Like, what is this showing me? What is this teaching me? And then the second that's, one. That's exactly it. It's, it's, we're here to learn and we have to find the learning lesson in that challenge that we're going through so that mm -hmm. we can, we can move on. Mm -hmm. No, it's beautiful. Very well, very well put. Um, the second message is everything's always how it's supposed to be. That one. This one. This one. I want to really stretch this one out. Because <laughs> all suffering, all suffering is resistance to what is. So it's like, I don't want this. And because I don't want this, I suffer. So if we really, really know that everything's as it's supposed to be, we no longer suffer, right? And, and then we can return to that feeling of love. This is such a big one. Like we do it all the time. I don't want this sickness. I don't want this body. I don't want this aging. I don't want this family situation. I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. So everything is as it's, we'll say that again, everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. Yeah. Everything's yeah. exactly always as it's supposed to be. Supposed to be. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I mean, examples, and, and I'm sure in your personal life, when you felt um, the most down, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, you had a family tragedy, tragedy, or we'll just say, you know, you lost your job and you think it's the bottom and you're never going to be able to pull out, pull out from this and you're scared because, you know, how am I going to pay my bills and how am I going to put food on the table and how am I going to make sure that there's, you know, clothes, you know, shoes on our feet. And, and you're, you're feeling so scared, that fear, and you're feeling so down, but it always happens that it turns out okay. Yeah. It's, it yeah. always turns out okay. And you hit it, you know, if, if you're not struggling against it, but you're going with it, kind of going with the flow of it and looking at it as an opportunity, trying to just to adjust your thinking, your perspective a little bit can make a huge difference, a huge difference huge on how quickly you can come out of it. But try to realize in that moment that it, 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 it's supposed to, you know, this is happening for a reason. This is happening. And, and you will make it. You will get through this. Yeah, yeah. Not only will you get through it, but you'll be better because of it. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, all, all suffering is resistance to what is. It's, it's that no that we, no, I don't want this. And um, if, we could, change. if we could flip it and say, what if I do want this? Like, what if yeah. it's exactly how it's supposed to be? That's when you return yeah. to love. It's, it's so simple. It's so funny because when we're suffering or struggling in some way and we think we need to improve ourselves, like um, I haven't got enough money, therefore I need to do a course to learn how to make more money or get a better job or like all that becomes irrelevant when you live these three principles, all of it becomes irrelevant <laughs> because all these things that we do, we do because we're living inside of lack. I'm not unconditionally loved. I'm not enough. And this isn't how it's supposed to be. And I need to improve myself or get better or read a better book or do another course, or I need to get to where I want. But if we just truly, truly, I can't stress this enough, embody these three messages, everything just turns out like you save lots of money on personal growth courses too <laughs> <laughs> believe me i've spent lots of money on personal growth courses thousands hundreds of thousands it's true it's true it's true you know it's it's again it's that it's how we react to the situations and it's our perspective 
And if we always realize that we're unconditionally loved and things are all right and they're going to be okay, and look for the opportunity in that challenge or what we can learn from that challenge, it's going to be, you know, we're going to do fine. And like you said, we're going to come out better because we went through that challenge and because exactly. we learned from it. Exactly. You know, we're not, there's, there, you know, lack is such a, such a negative feeling to have, right? It's such a, a negative space to be in that lack because there really is enough for everyone all the time. Mm. More than there enough. Really okay. Yeah. So number three, so number one is I'm unconditionally loved. Everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. And everything every, will always be okay. Everything, everything will always be all right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It will always be all right. And it's, it's how it's supposed to be and we're unconditionally loved. So interesting. Even when we don't believe any of those principles and we believe the opposite of them and maybe we get sick and die or get old and die or get hit by a truck or whatever. I think that humans think the worst thing that can happen is we die. We just go home. Many of us go home first. Some of us don't. Some of us still processing our stressful thoughts in another realm before we can get to that, that place that you call home. And then we find out that all those things that you've just said is absolutely true. It's like, oh, God, how come I didn't get that while I was physically focused, you know? Yeah. yeah. I didn't get it before my NDE. I, I didn't yeah. get it. I, yeah. I felt so lost and so down and so alone. And I had no faith. I had no hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it was like, I'm a victim. Poor me. And I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. And I had my near-death experience and, and I was in this love, in this place of gratitude, in this place of creativity and abundance and, and happiness. And I was, I was given that gift and um, given those messages. So, and, but I have to tell you, Karen, that it took me when I came back mm -hmm. and I wasn't given the choice to stay. I know a lot of NDEers are given that option if they want to stay home or if they want to come back to the 3D world. I wasn't given that option. <laughs> I, it wasn't even, I wanted to stay. I was in my mind. I, you know, a lot of people talk about this and I've had this discussion with my mob because there's a bit of, cons um, what's the word, not consensus, like there's not consensus. Like some people say, oh, no, we always have free will, we always have choice. And some people say, oh, no, 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 I was told what to do and I had no choice. So there's two opposing opinions on this one. But then we have to remember that there are multiple parts of us. There is the ego mind, the, the linear mind, the little mind that thinks it's in control, right? <laughs> and then there is another part of us, call it the higher self or the soul, or the spirit, I think there are many dimensions of us, what we call us, that is is co-creating with the ego mind. You know, there are there are two, let's call it two desires going here. There's, there's the little mind that says, I want, I want to be rich, I want to be famous, I want this, I want to be thin and beautiful, all those things, right? And then the soul says, I want you to learn and grow. <laughs> I want you to experience contrast so that you can find out what love is. And so these are sort of two, they seem like two separate plans. So I think yeah. that when people say, I had no choice, I think that that's the little mind talking, like the little me that says, 
I want, I want, I want to stay. And then the greater me is the one that sends you back. It's not like there's something outside of ourselves that says, no, like God. I mean, God is not outside of ourselves. God is within us. You must go back. I think it's the plan of the bigger me that says, this is just a little reminder to help you on your path. And it's not the end game here. It's just a little reminder so that you can go, go back and live what you've always known. Do you think? No, and, I, and I agree with you. And yeah. I want to clarify, when I say I wasn't given the option, I know a lot of people are asked, do you want to stay? Or from, the, from what I've heard, what I've read right. and what yeah. I've watched, yeah. I wasn't asked. I knew that I was home and I was safe. And I knew that my family, my friends, my babies would be okay. Mm. I knew I was going to see them again. Yep. And I knew that they would be okay without me and they would be fine and I would be okay without them. Again, it was that instant knowing I knew. And uh, I was content. I was content at home and happy and peaceful. Um, I, and, I, and I wasn't asked a specific question, do you want to stay or do you want to go back? I just woke up with the doctor yelling at me. Right. You know, and I was heavy and I was cold and I was angry because I wanted to be at home. I didn't want to be there, mm-hmm. you know? I didn't want to be from that love and that peacefulness and contentment and, and creativity and joy to this cold, heavy body. I didn't want to be yeah. back. You know, I wanted to be home. Yeah. I wanted to be at home. And so I, I, sh- I really should clarify because I wasn't, I wasn't asked specifically. But like you said, I wasn't done here yet. I had to learn self-love. If I would have stayed home, I would I, my sole mission for coming here and in this time in this body was to learn self-love and to mm-hmm. learn learn forgiveness and I was only at the very beginning of that journey. Yeah. I, at the very beginning of that I wouldn't have fulfilled that mission and I would have come back. I would have chosen at a later time to come back and learn these lessons again. Yeah. So I was done. Yeah. You know, I I had to I needed to come back cuz I wanted to fulfill my my purpose. I'm just thinking Maybe you weren't given the choice because that little part of you that wanted to stay would argue vehemently. (laughs) And lots of people talk about that, you know, they argue vehemently. (laughs) Let's not go there. Let's just put it back in our body. (laughs) I am so stubborn. I would have been arguing and they would have been like, no, enough. I would have just been going on and on and on and on. You know, that greater part of you knows you so well. Uh, in one of the last conversations I had on the show was with Dr. Leo Gallon and, and his son died and uh, came to him and spoke to him some profound truths about who we are as souls and what we're doing here and how it all works. And he said to Christopher with his son, like, what's it like in heaven, Chris? And he said, oh, it's so great, Dad. Everyone is here. Everyone is here. And he started naming all the dead relatives. And then he said, including you and um dr gallon's like how can i be hang on i'm not dead how can i be there you know like it really rocked his world but he was talking about what we're just talking about right it's like we're already there like there's only an aspect of us or a part of us or a a beam (laughs) that's coming from who we are like we're already there so it's funny when the little when the little me says i I, I want to stay here. I, I want to stay at home. I don't want to go back. The truth is we're already there. We never leave there. Correct. So it's kind of interesting, isn't it? There is no here and there. There is just 
different vibrations and experiences and there's a part of us that's always there and then there's a beam of that part that elects to have this physical experience for what we think of as a period of time but as you said there is no time no yeah there is no time i mean we're going to be the 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 thing is you know when we're home we're not missing anybody here because you know it's like you said it's just an aspect and we know you're going to be right back Uh it's just it's time is on this plane you know this lifespan is on this plane yeah so are we going to go into what happened beforehand or maybe people should watch the show you did with um, Anthony, but you had a pretty horrific time before. I had a challenging childhood. Yeah. I'll just say I grew up in an abusive home. Mm. And so it was challenging. And because of that, I had no self-worth. I had no self-love. I married into then an abusive marriage Mm -hmm. because that's what I knew. And I didn't realize I deserved better than that. I didn't even love myself. I didn't know who I was as a person. So I allowed that to happen. Even though I knew, even though my my guides were telling me then, don't marry him, which I don't regret because I have three beautiful sons. I would not change a thing, right? But I knew I was getting the messages loud and clear. Sorry, it's and hot here today in Sydney. I'm that's sweating okay. up. I'm sweating up. And, uh, I chose <laughs> to still marry him, right? Um, and so I, when I had my near-death experience, like I was saying, I kind of lost hope and I lost faith. And I was given this gift of going back home to understand that and to be given those messages that, you know what? You are not a victim. You um, are here out of love. You are love. And then you go home and you spread these messages and you, you, you know, you go down and you finish what you started. Like you go, go back there and you learn those lessons so that you can transcend, you know, your soul, raise your vibration higher, learn that lesson so you can move on to learn something else to go mm-hmm. raise even, you know, your vibration even higher, your soul even higher mm-hmm. towards God. Um, and so when I came back, the first thing I had to learn was self-love. And, yeah. it, and I had to integrate my experience and it took years to integrate in my experience. It was like six years that I, after I had my experience that I even told anybody about yeah. my experience. And I had to start realizing that, you know what, I am a beautiful person and I am a divine being and there's nothing wrong with me and I deserve love. And the only way I'm going to get that is to love myself and respect myself. So I started to you know, do things that I liked to do. I started to realize that I had a lot to give, you know, not just to my family, but to society and to work and to whatever I put myself into, right? So I had to learn love, -love, self-love. And then I had to learn forgiveness, which was huge for me because of things that I had been through and, um, you know, past experiences that I were hold, that I was holding on to and not letting go and um, you know playing that victim role so I had to learn forgiveness which was a huge thing and that took me a long time as well mm-hmm. and I still to this day struggle with self-love at times and forgiveness you know it's an ongoing learning experience um, but I do feel like you know when you when you learn a major lesson you can kind of move on from that and you don't have to go back and repeat it. So if, if, you know, you notice certain people have patterns in their life, 
right? Like they're, they're always um, losing money or they're all, you know, it's, it's once you look at that and like you said, you know, you look at that situation and you learn a lesson from it, there, there is no lack, you know, there's enough. Um, and you learn that lesson from it, then you don't need to keep repeating that and you can move forward. You can move on and learn something else, learn something new, break that um, pattern. You know, the older I get and the more work I do and the more lessons I, um, you know, tick off, learn that one, learn that one, learn that one. I just feel like it's just this endless spiral. Do you know what I mean? It just like keeps coming around again, keeps coming around again. It's like you think you've ticked the boxes it's like here it is again oh hello there you are again how am I going to respond this time and uh, I, I don't that's know just I think, it. That's, that's exactly it how yeah. are you going to respond are you going to take everything that you learned in the past to this point on this subject and apply yeah. it or are you yeah. going to get, stay in those same thought patterns and negative patterns that you did yeah. before that's not working for you yeah right to really truly learn the lesson you have to take everything you've learned and actually apply it yeah to move on which is really hard right sometimes it takes your whole lifetime to learn that one lesson I think it does take your whole lifetime I think it does if it's like if you're still here you're still learning or experiencing let's call it experiencing because it's like it's not over till the fat lady sings you know that's a terrible saying but it's not over until it until it's over it just keeps coming around and um you know, just when you think, okay, I responded really well last time and I didn't let that get me and I saw the gift and, you know, and then it comes around again. I go, oh, okay, here we go again. And then it's like a merry-go-round. Like, oh, here we go again. But it's kind of like it's spiraling you. Not that there is hierarchy, but it's spiraling your frequency. It's changing your frequency, spiraling you up. It's every time you respond with the knowing of those three lessons, like I'm unconditionally loved, it's exactly how it's supposed to be and everything's going to be all right. It's like when you do respond like that and you stay in your bliss or stay in that connection to love or your, your connection to your soul, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, contrast <laughs> stops happening. It just doesn't. It's, it's just that you can not experience the trauma of it. You experience it without being traumatized. Yeah. So beautifully well put. That's that was beautiful. Yes, yeah. right. You're you're still going to have these lessons. You're still going to be tested. You know, you're still going to um, <laughs> you're still going to go through challenges. But if you come from it from a place of love and a different perspective than you normally would, looking that challenge in the face, um, yeah, you don't have to have all the uh, negativity that comes with it. Mm. Right, you can rise above that, and you can get past it so much easier. You know, go with the flow instead of swimming against the current. Mm. You know, I really believe that we go through this stuff, especially when it's quite profound and dramatic like yours, because we're here to teach it. And I know that you work as an analyst, but you know, you want to share this story because you also know yourself as a teacher of this work, and. Uh, yeah, it's like this message that Dr. Leo said the same. It's like Christopher gave him all this profound information and, and he said, you know, Dad, it's not just for you. <laughs> I want you to write a book. And he did. And then 23 years later, he actually published it because <clears throat> he sat on it for 23 years. So how many years have you been sitting on it now? 2004. Uh, well, you've written your book and well, you're on Anthony's show. 
Well, I have to tell you, that's so funny because I woke up one morning and my guides were just in my ear saying, you have to write an affirmation book. You have to write an affirmation book because these messages are meant to be shared. They're mm -hmm. not just for you. You need to get them out and the right people will get the message. The right people will get that book, will get that message. Yeah. And I literally wrote that like in a week. It was really quick, yeah. right? To get those messages short, it's 50 pages and, and half of it is affirmations. <laughs> so it's a very easy read. Um, but it was like, get those out because it will get to who needs it. You need yeah. to get these messages out. As far as my, my book, big book, I've been writing that since 2012. <laughs> yeah. And, and kind of like, yeah, and I'm, I kind of sit on it. And yeah, that's going to take some time to, for me to finish, finish. But I will. I know eventually I will. Mm. Well, they're going to keep reminding you, keep giving you the downloads. It's, it's, it's like, as I see it, you go there, they give you the like, they give you the whole picture. You have that instant satori, you know, that instant knowing, that instant enlightenment. And then when you come, that aspect of you comes back into this experience, you come back with some memory, but it's like this life journey is that ever expanding awareness and memory you know, memory of, of what you were yes. shown, what you know, what you were given. Yeah, so it just keeps unfolding. So I think there might be, you know, don't spend too much time on the big book. Maybe write a few more books, like keep going because there will be endless downloads, I think. As, yeah, no, um, I agree with you. I, yeah. I, agree, I agree with you, definitely. As humanity keeps uh, shifting and changing and rising to ever new challenges because I think that this year is um this year is going to be uh a lot more challenges globally personally and that's why these messages especially for the beginning of the year is so important I was speaking to some friends you know I've had some events in my home already this year and people saying oh my god this year started with a bang you know mum's house um flooded and the car got this and somebody got sick and someone's in hospital it's like it's just ongoing isn't it there's challenges happening all the time so we go into the new year with so much hope that everything's going to be fantastic <laughs> everything's going to be fine but it never is <laughs> and i agree i feel like this year is really going to be a, a year of awakening yeah. um really going to be a year that shakes people right shakes like people. shakes you to your your essence to your core um and it is going to be a challenging year i feel like for the majority mm -hmm. of people in the world so i really do feel like it's important to spread hope and pos positivity you know light you know exactly what you do you know you're all about light and love and to spread these messages and i really feel like this is going to help this will help at least at least one person you know, <laughs> he can help and it's true if we can help at least one person I feel like that I've done what I'm I, I'm supposed to be doing yeah you know, I really just want to help so if these messages resonate with someone and it helps them and it gives them hope and yay. well let's get into your story and how you um, applied the wisdom in your life when the proverbial shit hit the fan like because it wasn't all roses when you came back so no. what happened well so you know like in just a little synopsis I I started to love myself and when I started to love myself um, 
certain family members and friends weren't used to that. I was, I was a doormat. I allowed myself to be a doormat and allowed, allowed myself not to have a voice. And when I finally started to love myself and not tolerate certain behaviors from people, um, it was too much for some people and I lost some of them along the way, which is fine because, you know, not everybody that comes in our life is to stay. Mm -hmm. You know, they're here to help us learn, to teach us, and we're here to help them learn and to teach them, and then we move on. We learn mm -hmm. the lessons we needed from them, and we moved on. Um, and as a result of that, I got a divorce. Um, that was three years after my um, experience. Um, I had losses. I lost my grandfather, my mother, my grandmother, all within a short period. Um, I lost my pets within a short period that I had had for my cat for 19 years, and Lily, my dog, for seven years. So I, I had had losses and then I had financial hardship and I had lost mm -hmm. my job three times in a short period of time with layoffs um, in the industry that I was in. And it was actually, um, I had been laid off and I went to the mail, the post, and I got my mail and there was a letter from my landlord and my rent was going up drastically. And I was putting out more than I was actually bringing in. And it was at that point that um, I was in complete despair because I didn't know what I was going to do. You know, it's like, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to live out of my car and then I'm going to lose my kids because, you know, I don't have a, a shelter, a home for them. And they're going to go to their dad full time. And, and that thought of losing my children just terrified me, completely terrified me. Didn't your so, husband leave you for your best friend or something? Was that you? Yes, yes. That, so. that, that would have been, uh, now there's a challenge. I, I mean, I mean, it's all challenging, but that's a, yes. big, that's a big one. Yeah. yeah, my best friend of 10 years and my ex, uh, I, I found them together. It's, you know, we're having an affair together. And so at that point, you know, because I'm the type of person that I will stay in something. Yeah. Even though I get all the signs like it's time to move on, you need to move on. I, yeah. you know, I have that fear and I have that comfort, which sounds really strange to, to you know, but what am I going to do? And can I afford it? And this and that. And, yeah. And, gosh, and um, so I stayed in it. And then it's like, no, the sign was right there. It's like, no, mm -mm. you know, you cannot live like this anymore. You're, you, you know, if you're learning to love yourself. You're you no longer a vibrational match. Correct. Correct. Right. And so, yeah. And so that really led to, you know, I was working my way up to um, a divorce. I was working my way up to, I know that eventually would have happened, but this just made it much quicker. <laughs> it's like we had been together. We were, we were married for 11 years at that point. And it's like, no, you know, you need, you need to get out. You need to move on to something healthy for you. Yeah. Even if that means being alone for 20 years, you need, need to get healthy with yourself first. Definitely. So, yeah, so yeah, I, that had happened, <laughs> but when, you know, when I had lost my job again and I got that letter from my landlord and that night I'm crying, I'm bawling and I'm in tears and I'm like, what am I going to do? And I fell to my knees and I'm like, Oh God, please, please help me. God, please help me. You know, like when you pray, cause you're in total despair and I hadn't prayed for a long time and I'm like, please, please help me. And, um, and then I clearly heard those three messages. And clearly, like, you know, it's like, Heidi, my love, you are unconditionally loved. Everything's always as it's supposed to be, and everything will be all right. You will be okay. And I clearly, clearly heard those messages. I picked myself up. I stopped crying. 
I went to bed, I woke up the next morning and I found an affordable apartment and I had been looking for an apartment three months before and couldn't find anything. And boom, I found it. They didn't even run a credit check. He's like, it's yours if you want it. And I drove that day and gave it a deposit and it was mine. And then things, that's when it clicked for me. It clicked for me that these messages that I received were profound and they were a gift and I needed to start applying them to my life. So and that's when, I, that's when I started using them as affirmations. Yeah. And every day I would wake up and I would say, I am unconditionally loved. I would say those over and over again. And then I would say, I am thankful. And that's when I learned to gratitude. You know, I'm grateful that I'm unconditionally loved because I know that I am. You know, I'm grateful that I am safe and sound because you know what, even though I don't have a big fancy house and I have a two bedroom little apartment, it's safe, it's warm and I'm with my kids. I'm grateful and I'm thankful for that. You know, that's when, you know, I'm grateful that everything's okay, that yeah. I'm okay. I'm healthy. I'm okay. My children are in my family are healthy and they're okay. And that's when I started using affirmations and gratitude. And that really changed my life because then I had that perspective of happiness and, and uh, of contentment. And even though things do come our way that are challenging, I can get through it. And I know I can. It's just a small little blip. You know, maybe bad for that one moment. But tomorrow, the next day, there's only one way, and that's up. And it's going to be anymore. It's so interesting. <laughs> it's like it's like they give you the information, and then you say, "Oh, that's really nice," and don't apply it. And then they say, "Okay, let's throw this at you. Your husband leaves you. Okay, let's throw get job. You know, let's rent." It's like they just keep throwing. When I say like they life just keeps throwing challenges at you until you start to apply it, because. Yes reading about this stuff, watching NDE stories on YouTube or even having your own near-death experience and knowing the information and not applying it is not why we're here. <laughs> we're here to apply it. It's like, yeah. oh, I just think of... I'm, I'm so guilty of that. You know, I know... Me my too. Like, oh, Heidi, when are you going to get it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm just like, you know me, it takes me 10 years to get one thing, but I'll eventually get there. You know, it's just, it takes me a long time to integrate things and learn lessons, but I am getting better and, you know, and I am getting quicker. <laughs> Absolutely. Getting better, getting quicker. It's like the messages, you know, when you cry out to God, please help me, help me. It's not like that a hand comes down or an angel comes down and says, here's a million dollars. It's like, they just give you like, we helped you. We gave you the rules to the game. <laughs> Like you've just got to use the rules to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a lot of time too, I don't think that we even realize that we're receiving messages or we're receiving help. Yeah. You know, you're having a bad day and you're sitting at the bus stop and somebody walks up to you and hands you a flower. Yeah. Out of nowhere. That is a message like you're unconditionally loved. It's going to be okay. We love you. That was like yeah. an angel right there. Well, you're, you're, you just lost your pet and you're sitting in your car crying and this little bird flies up on your windshield and looks at you and makes some noises. It's like, you know what? Your pet's okay. You're going to be okay. That was a gift. That's a message to you. I, I feel like we're so closed off and maybe we don't believe um, that we're letting these messages just pass right by us. We're not, yeah. you know, we're not, we're not 
we're so and allowing them in. We're not receiving them. We're so obsessed with life having to be perfect for us to feel good instead of feeling good and then life is perfect no matter what happens. Like that's the paradigm shift, isn't it? That's the paradigm shift. Well, we, we have to learn to live in the moment. Stop uh, thinking about what happened in the past and what you could have and should have and, you know, what you did say and what you didn't say and let it go. Don't live in the future. You know, if I only had this, I would be happy. If I had this car or this house or, you know, what am I going to wear tomorrow? Live in the moment. Because if when you're at truly living in the moment, all you can have is happiness and peace, right? Like when you're in that moment, even if it's negative, right? Even if it's, a, it's you got some bad news. But you're living in that moment and you're, you're letting that bad news happen. You're letting it go in. You're saying, okay, I acknowledge this. And then you let it go. But at least you're alive and you're feeling it and you're living in that moment. You're not numb. You know, you're not numb to what's going on around you. And you're learning, right? You're, you're, it's just, I feel it's so important for us to be in the moment. And which is really hard. It's really, really hard. I don't really know a lot of people that live their lives daily in the moment. Mm. Children. children. Children, animals. Animals. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But children, though, you know, they'll start growing up and they'll get to that point and they have all these societal expectations and you're wrong and you're right and don't do this and don't do that. And they start, you know, that pressure and that expectation and they lose that living in the moment you know some do i find that uh i was hanging out with a whole lot of beautiful young people last night um you know there are so many more amazing beings coming in as children who are like young adults now that that do stay there you know they don't get taught out of this present moment awareness and joy in the moment and loving what is it's you know like you see little toddlers just excited you know you give them a present and they're like they're as happy with the box as they are as the present inside it it's it's just you know that yeah appreciation you're you're right we we do have more um you know more humans coming in that are enlightened and that are awake and you're right that that are in the moment and they're here to teach the rest of us and, you know, many of them, getting back to, I had to harp on about Dr. Leo Gallen, but last year I, f- I found that his, you know, story was so profound because his son Christopher was mentally challenged. And um, a lot of these master souls are in mentally challenged bodies, children, you know, Asperger's or uh, autism or Down, Down syndrome. syndrome. I mean, Down syndrome people are just so in the moment, aren't they? They and usually. They're so, so love and light. Like they're yeah. That light in them and that love in them. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Okay, so where are we with the story? So, you'd lost your job, you'd lost your husband, the rent had gone up, you'd forgotten that you're unconditionally loved and that it was all perfect and that you'd be all right. And then your guide said to you, "We gave you the story. <laughs> now do it." And so you went, "Oh, that's right. I remember. I remember." And everything started to turn around. And then what happened? So you got yeah. a new apartment. I got a new apartment. Um, my, my mom actually started coming and um, <laughs> talking to me. She's the one who, and she passed. 
And she's the one who kept giving me the messages on my book. So, but the thing with my mom was she would wake me up at like three in the morning, four in the morning, two in the morning, and I would be writing. And finally I was just like, you got to stop mom because (laughs) you come during like daylight hours for me because this is too much. I can't. Okay. Okay. I'm getting a message here for you. I'll just have to give it to you. Um, So what I get is that you're so busy during the day, like with, you're such a, you know, helper, sorting everything out, making everything perfect, you know, making conditions perfect at work and conditions perfect in your home. It's like you're busy during the day, like as this sort of helper spirit, as this person that wants to sort of feather the nest of everybody to make sure that they do feel unconditionally loved, that you're so busy that she couldn't get through to you at those times. So she had to get you when you were I know. Up in the I, know. Of the I know. And I'm just like, Mom, I love you and I really want to write this book, but I need sleep. Okay? <laughs> I need sleep. Oh. And then and then after that they didn't come because again I was so busy during the day. And then I got a job. So using affirmations and I got a um a temporary job. Um, and which actually a year later led in, I was offered a permanent position and a raise with benefits. So my, you know, everything turned around for me, started to get uh, better. Right. Um, and I, so I didn't feel, I didn't feel that desperation (laughs) that I had felt when I was on my knees and that, you know, being so low and it's like, Oh, okay. You know, I really need to, these, these were given to me for a reason and it's because it's, it's true and it's correct. And I need to use these and I need to apply these to my life. And, and now maybe I can actually start helping people, you know, but you know, I still had more work to do, right. I still had a lot of, a lot more self love and I still had more forgiveness and, and just integrating those messages into my life before I could help someone else. But then one morning I woke up and my guides are like, uh, 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 right, right, right. An affirmation book. (laughs) You got to write this. You got to get these messages out. It's time. Yeah. You got to get it out. And it's like, okay, I hear you. You know, I want to say something about what you just said. I don't think, I really don't think we have to be perfect before we come become spiritual teachers or spiritual reminders. Um, I, I don't think I'll ever be, you know, what this perfection in this lifetime. I will always be human and I always be flawed and I love that part of me. You know, I, I love the ego personality that questions, that worries. I love her. I see her as a her, like she's me, but she's not me. And I think that she helps me be a better teacher. And for anyone that wants to reach out and help others, I don't think we need to have it all sorted out before we can help others. I think that our flaws are the very reason we can help others because people relate. You can, you know, we can relate to each other's flaws. It's like, it's not like, being a perfect and holy to be a, a teacher, it's our flaws that makes us connected and makes us relatable. So, um, you're absolutely yeah. right. You're absolutely right. And I've been, I really feel like people can relate because everybody's kind of gone through something that I've gone through. We, we, we yeah. know we've all lost our jobs, maybe not all of us, but you know, or we have had a loss of a loved one or a pet or we've gotten bad news, or we've had somebody that we love that's been sick. Yeah. You know, we've, we've all gone through this, but, and I'm not perfect. You know, yeah. I can be snipey and I can be mean and I can be angry. And, um, you know, I have my moments, you know, and um, I feel like because I am a real person and I have fault flaws, like you said, people can relate to me because we are yeah. not perfect. Yeah. We're not. 
I think they make the best teachers. I remember seeing Wayne Dyer on stage years ago in Sydney uh, and he'd written so many books and he was so celebrated as a spiritual teacher, right? And um, he was on stage. It was, a, it was a seminar where there were quite a few people speaking and he was walking up and down the stage talking about a time where he'd lost his keys and he was screaming and shouting the house down because he's lost his keys. And where are my keys, you know? And his daughter said to him, well, if only those thousands of people that admire you as a spiritual teacher could see you now, Dad. As you know, he was telling he was telling this on stage to a room of thousands of people, and I I loved that he was admitting that he gets angry and frustrated. It just spoke to me. It so spoke to me in that moment of all the beautiful things Wayne Dyer said. That spoke to me. <laughs> we can't relate. <laughs> How many times have you lost your keys? And you're like, oh, screaming. Somebody help me. I love that too. I absolutely love that. It's true, right? We are, we are human beings and we make mistakes and we make errors and everybody does. We all do. That's what, you know, it's, I love that you brought that up because when I, when I first started speaking about my near death experience and I actually, um, had a, uh, a person um, that I looked up to kind of like a spiritual mentor. Right. And um, I'll never forget, and this was a huge lesson for me too, and I think this is important for other people out there that are uh, trying to learn more about spiritu- spirituality and what mm-hmm. it means for them and, and, and messages. But um, I'll never forget, I went on a speaking tour, and I, was in, um, I spoke in Berkeley and um, San Francisco, in San Jose and this person um, came with me this person actually drove because I have an electric car and it would have taken cool. a week to get down there yeah, yeah. Um, so this person drove and uh, this person uh, had a near-death experience actually two or three of them and has been speaking about the, their experience for a long time and I really yeah. looked up to this person and I really looked at to this person as a mentor and I'll never forget um, I, it was after the second talk and we were driving back to where we were staying. And this person says to me, um, you know, I really don't think that you should bring up all the loss. I don't think that this important and you don't need to include it in your talk. And, and that kind of surprised me. Right. And um, I really didn't say anything. I didn't respond back. And then this person said, and you know, what did your father do to you girls anyway? Did he just like finger you? And I was shocked by that you know what did he just kiss you and to have somebody question uh, your story and your truth and what you went through and I'll never forget how disappointed I was because I had put this spiritual mentor up on a pedestal thinking that this person could never have could never think this way because they were so far more spiritually advanced than I was and that for me right there was like you know what it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, how spiritually advanced you are, what experiences have you gone through, what you've been teaching. We are all human beings and we all make judgments and we all make mistakes. But it, but it took for me to be so disappointed in this person and to be like, to like to knock that person off that pedestal. Right. I had to have that moment to realize that, Mm-mm. I always need to stay humble. I always need to stay grounded. I always need to stay accessible and try not to judge other people. But that was such a learning lesson. Yeah. 
we all have these ego explosions I've called them like even the most revered spiritual teachers and healers have an ego I remember talking to Prince after he died I wasn't a fan of Prince when he was here not like I didn't like him I just didn't pay him any attention and then after he died I found out he was some like ascended master and I'm like really anyway and wow. I said to him okay so you are this ascended master having this you know rock star life I said how did you cope with the ego and he said it was really hard you know we get all up in our own self-importance and he said the ego is one of the hardest things to manage and I see this in my spiritual community all the time and I'm, I'm a victim of it too. We get in our ego and we think it's all about me. You know, forget the rest of you. It's all about me. It's like I see that with people all the time. They, and I've had this discussion with um, my friends, you know, there's all this judgment inside the spiritual community. Oh, they're just doing it, you know, creating charities because they just want people to love them. And we were having this discussion and we we came up with this conclusion if what you do is an ego thing and you create a movement or a charity or a podcast show or write a based book on or, ego. you know based on oh I want people to like me or love me or accept me or whatever thought you have and what you create contributes to the whole who cares that you created it from your ego like who cares if it's contributing to people you know and making a better world well, then have your ego explosions. Do what you need to do. Like, who cares? Because the outcome is that people are being helped by it. You know, that's the outcome. And Correct. And we, we all have ego. We all, we have, all have ego. We're all going to yeah. have those moments. We're all going to have those, you know, we've had a bad day and we explode or we say <laughs> something rude or we make a judgment. But it took me that experience to realize that, that you can't place anybody up on a pedestal. You can't, right? Yeah. And we, we all, and, and the whole thing about the ego and the whole thing about helping and doing something that you love, like you said, even if it's out of ego, if it's something that you're passionate about and it really is helping, then what's, who cares? Exactly. exactly. There are so many spiritual gurus and people that have been involved with them or healers that have, you know, been charged with, sexual assault or embezzling money and people get so disappointed when their guru is turns out to be human <laughs> you kind of have to look right you have to look at yourself because are you a saint have, yeah have you lived your life in a way that you've never hurt anyone that's you exactly know? right that's one look of, at yourself that's one of the main teachings isn't it from um from jesus like the person who hasn't sinned throw the first stone. Yeah. It's like, how can you judge another? Doesn't matter who they are. How can you judge another? Are you a saint? You know, are you are not a sinner. I mean, it's very biblical. I don't usually go down this path, but that's the lesson. Like, judge that you might not be judged. I mean, everything we judge in another is us anyway. So the more upset we get about it when we see it, the more upset. It's just we're looking at that same distortion in us because it's hitting us, you know. So when we can't, when we sort of live and let live and don't get upset with people's uh, disappointments or their ego explosions or their well, distortions, I can, I can tell you too. In my experience, I I didn't have a life review, right. uh, but I was shown I was shown what the life review is about. And I can tell you that we are going to ha have to answer for every 
action that we've done, every word, every action, every thought, we are going to have to look at ourselves. And, and when we look at our life review, it's, it's more than just physical reviewing it like a film. You're actually yeah. feeling, you're feeling everything. So if I, Karen, hurt you, I'm going to feel that I hurt you. I'm going to feel exactly what you felt in that moment that I hurt you. I'm yeah. going to have to live that. And so I'm going to have to go back to everything I've ever done, good and bad. You know, we yeah. have to feel again the good that we've done and the positive that we've done. But we're also going to have to feel all that negativity and all the hurt that we've caused. And so when you're going through your review and you're feeling all of that, that's a lot of pain. That's a lot you're going to have to feel. <laughs> it's a lot to take on. You know, I met a man years ago and I was writing the Academy of Light up on the northern beaches. This man was brought by someone who'd had a near-death experience. He'd never spoken about it. He'd never had a spiritual conversation. And he was very shy and tentative. And after the meeting, I got talking to him and he started opening up because I've got a sign on my forehead that says, please tell me your life story. <laughs> it's a gift. You have a a gift. neon sign. <laughs> and he, he said something to me that I've never forgotten. It's really hard to live with. And he was talking about the life of you. And he said, even when you tread on an ant, you get to feel that pain the ant felt. And I'm like, oh, damn, really? How many ants yeah. have we tread on? Like, mm -hmm. how many cockroaches I, have we killed? Just, so, so, you know, I had an ant problem just last, last summer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as I'm doing it, I'm like, forgive me, evolve. <laughs> forgive me, ascend. I love you. Forgive me. <laughs> I've been doing that with the cockroaches. You know, I've seen the, the monks do that. I remember they were trying to build a building and there was a video of them taking all the earthworms out and it was a really slow process because they couldn't kill anything while they were building this digging in the dirt. They had to t save all the earthworms. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's going to take forever to build that building. <laughs> but I, I, I see a cockroach, right, and instead of squashing it or turning like I'll shoo it outside or if it doesn't want to go outside, I'll capture it and then put it outside. It's like, because not that I've done that all the time because this guy told me that about 15 years ago and I have to say I've killed many cockroaches and ants since then, but it never left me that he said that. Like, but I, same, same here, same here. Like I feel, you know, or, or I'll, I'll, you know, have a negative thought and it's like, oh, I didn't mean it. Forgive me. Have a beautiful day. <laughs> I, <laughs> Because I know that I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to have to. And I have to tell you too, though, uh, uh, on our life reviews, it's not God that's judging us. It's not no. the ascended masters. It's not our loved ones. It's us. It's us. And we're, and we're not judging ourselves harshly or negatively or mean. Or we're just looking at it like, oh, wow. So that's because of that action. I caused that. We're looking at it with compassion. Yeah. With love so that we can learn and so that we can grow. Yeah. Um, but it's us. We are the ones reviewing our own life. And we're yeah. not really judging it. We're just having to process it to learn from it. But you know the thing about the, the life review, which is so beautiful, we don't have to die to do it because we can do that in this moment. We can, we can get upset. Like I had a bit of upset recently. A girlfriend said something to me on the phone that upset me. And then I, in that upset, I'm reviewing my reaction. Like, why am I upset? What does this mean about who I am? What's the belief that I'm believing? How long am I going to stay in this upset? And I have to say that um, to get out of the upset, because I was really believing my stressful thoughts, it's, it was something that really upset me. 
I started to watch my own videos or just to be reminded, just to be reminded of I am unconditionally loved. Everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. It's all going to be okay. Like that. that really helped me because, you know, it happened just the other day and then preparing for this show, I'm watching your story and listening and I'm like, oh, that's really helping with this upset, especially the it's exactly how it's supposed to be. And I'm like, of course it is. Of course it is. I don't need to be upset. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. But, you know, a lot of people have um, a hard time with that one because, you know, how do you tell someone who's lost a child? That it's exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, their experience is real and valid, you know, and how how do you tell someone that's going through that, that, oh, it's okay. It's it's how it's supposed to be. Could never do that. I could never do that. Well, um, yeah, I know. Yes. I know. Right. It's, it's, it's one of what eventually, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like the message, the message that's going to resound, it's going to resound with somebody that's ready to hear that message. Yeah. You know, that can yeah. accept that in and can hear it and um, wants to hear it. Yeah. It's, it's, a lot of people are not going to be able to hear that at this point in their life. Not at that point. But death, you know, I put out a book called Awakened by Death. Death is the great awakener. So whether it's your mother or your lover or your child that transitions, it is a great awakener because in your grief or confusion, you're asking questions. Why? Why? How? Why? Is there life after death? And that puts you on your spiritual path. That wakes you up. And so down the line, because so many people in the book had lost children and then had gone on to create amazing movements like um, uh, Elisa Medhuth with the Channeling Eric movement and um, Scarlett Lewis with the Choose Love movement. And there's just so many people in the book that had lost children senselessly, like Elisa's son had shot himself at 20. Uh, Scarlett's son was shot during a, a shootout at a school. He was five years old. and you know, in that moment of that grief, you can't say, you, you know, you're unconditionally loved. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. But now down the road, after their inquiry and their seeking, they absolutely know that. They yes. absolutely but they, ha- they have to come to that on their own, yeah. on their own terms, in their yeah. own time, after their grieving, after their process. Yeah. So I have to be really careful because I'm not here to, um, you know, preach to anybody. I'm not here to... Uh, uh, I'm just here to, to pass on the messages. To pass on the message. I guess the message is that if, if people are listening to that, apply that to your own life. Maybe not tell people about it that are going through some sort of trauma because they're not watching this, so they're not a vibrational match to the message. But apply it to your own life. Yeah, and then as you apply it to your own life, and you go through challenges and you and you breathe through them, then people around you who are not applying it will say, what is it that you know that I don't know? And once they ask you, then you can tell them. But gee, I was one of those people, especially in my 20s and 30s, that was learning a lot of stuff through books and seminars and workshops and telling everybody because I'm a teacher, right? And people weren't ready for it. And they were telling me all the half all the time. They were not ready for what I knew. And, And I was not living it. 
So yeah. telling people why you're not living it is just futile. <laughs> yeah, Certainly no, and it's, you know, I'll have yeah. people that come up to me after a talk or, you know, we'll do it, we're doing the question and the answer portion of it. And I always, always get the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. I always get that question because, you know, here I'm giving these messages and all I can tell them is I don't know why bad things happen to people. I can tell you based on my experience, what I learned and that we come here on a soul mission, a soul contract to learn, you know, we're here to love and we're here to learn lessons, to evolve, to ascend our soul. Yeah. And that's all I can say. And you know, if I can plant the seed in somebody's mind and they can take those messages and they can sit with them and think about them. And if it helps them later on, then I feel like I've done something good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, oh, darling one. What time is it? How long have we been talking? Beautiful. It's a fabulous, they're fabulous messages to take into this year, to take into every year. And uh, they come with warning. Apply them to your own life. Don't tell others until they ask. <laughs> well, we know, see people in grief. We see people suffering. Somebody's lost someone. Don't be like, you know what? It's how it was supposed to be. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. Um, Yeah. Unless people are asking, they're not ready to hear. It's when people are asking, they can hear it. But if they're not asking, they can't hear it. Um, The one message that, you know, you can give everybody all the time is you're unconditionally loved. You're unconditionally loved. Yeah. You are unconditionally loved. Yeah. I have to say, you know, when you lose a child, the Dave is another one in the book, you know, his daughter was blown up in the Bali bombings, um, a man of faith. You don't feel unconditionally loved in those times. Um, no, you don't. Yeah. But I have to say it's in those times of forgetting that we take the journey home to remembering. And that's what we're doing here. We come from this realm of unimaginable love and beauty. We come here to forget And then the traumas in our lives make us remember that we're actually here to remember because, you know, when life's too good, we don't seek, we don't seek outside of our little box. You know, we just don't, we stay in our comfort zones. And so why bad things happen to good people it's to kick you out of your comfort zone and get you um, back on the path of remembering who you are and why you're here. And we're here to love and contribute to others. Yeah, well, that was so profound. That was so good. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, darling one, it's been so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. And um, a reminder, too, if people want to know more about your story, that you, they can watch Anthony's video with you or they can – have you got a website? I, I do not have a website. Um, I, I have a Facebook page that I'm not very active on. It's called Ace Holistic Healing. Um, but they can also reach me via email as well, um, which is uh, hc143-7911 at gmail.com. Okay. I'm happy to answer any questions that they have via email and, and talk with them. So the Facebook is Ace Holistic Healing. Ace and E Healing, yeah. Holistic Healing. And do you do sessions and readings with people? I used to. Um, I don't anymore. I did energy healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I actually combined it um, with a couple of other modalities because um, energy healing just wasn't enough. And I was giving, you know, uh, messages to, to do it this way. Um, I used to do it. And um, but then, you know, 
a full-time job, boys, commuting. I had to kind of put that to the side, so I'm not doing that right now. That doesn't mean that later on I might pick it back up again, but right now I'm not, I'm not doing that. Beautiful. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's been such a beautiful reminder, reminders from home. Oh, I've had such a lovely time talking with you, Karen. You are amazing. And I want to thank you for what you do and for your amazing platform. And you're brilliant. You're lovely. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Heidi. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> True. Bye for now. Bye. Isn't Heidi wonderful? Her story is, um, well, like many NDEs, I suppose, people who go over to the other side and realize the love that we are, where we come from, and where we can return to while we're still embodied. We can, we can return to love. We don't have to die or have an NDE or even a spiritually transformative experience. We just have to tune into that energy, tune into that vibe. And I think what stops us tuning into that vibe is holding resentments and grudges and for all the terrible things that have happened to us, for the people that perpetuated them on us, for looking out into the world and seeing all the terrible things that happen and getting upset about that, it stops us from reconnecting to the love that we are. So beautiful stories like Heidi's really show us that we have available that unconditional love all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. Even in the dramas, we are unconditionally loved all the time and that life is happening for us and not to us it's happening for our evolutionary growth our spiritual advancement and that we come here electing to have these challenges electing to have these dramas these terrible things that happen to us from our soul's perspective we say yep i'm up for that give me some of that sexual abuse and physical abuse and sickness and death and divorce and disease and depression it's unfathomable from this perspective that we could think we'd ever want all those things. But from our soul's perspective, we can see that we elected to experience it, which is the second part of that. It's exactly how it's supposed to be. This is what I said I was up for. So I guess that donning that soul's perspective really brings that message home, you know, like that everything is just exactly how it's supposed to be. I'm here to overcome, to remember, to be reminded in the book's conversation with God, to remember, to once again become a member of the body of God, to remember, be remember, to be reminded that we are one with the body of God. And a uh, great way to enter this year I'd love to tell you that this year is going to be all roses and butterflies, and it will be if you use these principles in your life. But there are definitely going to be more challenges this year, both globally and personally for everyone, including the spiritual teachers and the enlightened ones. They have their challenges too, the healers. Everyone here is experiencing challenges. It's not that we won't experience challenges. It's how do we deal with it. And these principles really help us deal with it with ease and grace remembering that we are unconditionally loved especially in those times of lack like i haven't got enough money it's when you remind rewire that mind from i'm not enough to i am enough that now you're a vibrational match for opportunities for more money to flow into your life you don't need to get better you don't need to do personal growth courses i don't 
I recommend still doing them. I did all of them. But to remember, to remind, rewire that mind from I'm not enough to I am enough. I'm not loved to I am loved. And everything is as it's supposed to be. And it'll all be all right. It'll all be better than all right. We will thrive when we practice these principles. So thanks again for watching another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Remember, if you'd like to dive into this work deeper, join our Inner Sanctum. We speak about these sorts of things all the time in the Inner Sanctum, here to remind the uplifters, the light weavers, the teachers, the healers of their powers of creation so that they can get on with their work and share their stories and share their messages and be the light they've come to be. We're here to support you do that in the inner sanctum. And of course, I invite guest teachers in to help us with that. Laurie Williams was teaching us controlled remote viewing last time. Penny Kelly's finally coming into the inner sanctum. She's had some difficulties of her own last year, at the end of last year. Hopefully, hopefully she'll be free to join us this month. And many more teachers are coming in. Also, Heidi said she'd love to come in uh, during the year and, and speak more about her NDE, her near-death experiences, and what she learned there, and the downloads that she's been getting ever since. You know, her mom waking her up in the middle of the night, but she's been getting lots of downloads, as many people do who have NDEs. You know, they come back, not just for their own evolution, but to teach what they know. So we'll get Heidi out there teaching a bit more. And uh, yeah, we've got lots of Aussies coming up on the show this year. I'm gonna talk about extra dimensionals, extraterrestrials, because we are close to rejoining our cosmic family, very close. The extra dimensionals or extraterrestrials are helping us evolve. They live these principles, they understand these principles, they don't need to live them, they, it's just the innate in their power, in their knowing that they're all connected and what we do for each other, we do for ourselves and what we do for ourselves, we do for each other. They know this, they know they're unconditionally loved. And so they have these higher societies which don't run on fear and lack like our society. So they're here to teach us how to evolve and how to live in a society with these different evolutionary experiences. You know, we don't have to have the drama in order to have an exciting life. Life can be exciting without the drama. <laughs> Too much drama makes for an exciting life, but can be a bit much sometimes. So I'm going to speak to lots of uh, fabulous teachers talking about that and I can't even remember I've got a few people quite a few people lined up for the next couple of months so I look forward to presenting them and I'll see you soon lots of love see you next time bye for now